Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 115 for Monday, November 7th, uh, November 16th, sorry, 2020. Uh, my name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixel Riffs, and joining me as always is Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. It's November 16th. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, Time I'm... is nothing, as yeah. we were discussing in the render distance, trying to figure out where did fall go? Did we have summer? Uh, and also discussing some custom texture packs and what some of the new blocks in the snapshots mean for custom model makers and custom uh even uh resource pack makers and stuff like that so it should be a lot of fun if you're interested in that extended conversation including an email i'm going to tease you about now about minecraft and dungeons and dragons then check out the render distance you can become a member at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to access an extra 30 to 35 minutes of episode every week and surprisingly, we actually talked about Minecraft in this week's pre-show, which is actually kind of rare. We tend to go into more just like what's going on in our life and what else we're, we're into lately. But uh, the Minecraft discussions do creep in here and there. They're more common, I think, in the post-shows than anything else. But it's, uh, it's nice to throw in a bit of variety. Let's talk some more about Minecraft, though, Joel. Uh, what have you been up to on the server this week? So I have been working hard on my orange farm or orange farmhouse and it is a big potato build uh it has like stone walls and now it has a roof texture and i've been using zero's mini map as a very light vanilla plus map mod to kind of help me navigate and design the space uh, and it's been going well i've had some challenges but over this past weekend i feel everything really started to come together you know like all the crops are full grown the walls are all done i added an angled barn the very first time i've ever built something on an angle in minecraft and i'm talking like a 30 degree angle nothing easy like a 45 like i yeah. went i went hardcore on this and <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't have straight ends either i was looking up because i got frustrated at the end of one stream and I thought, okay i'm i'm getting there i want to puzzle through this on my own but I'm, I'm tired, it's the end of the stream, I'm probably gonna have to go look this up. So I looked up a couple of angled builds and what people tend to do is while two of the walls are on an angle, the other two are straight. Yeah. And mine are not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my, I really had a proper angle on this thing. So it did take me a little while to figure it out, but essentially the solution I, just, I uh, ended on was to have the end caps of the building be taller than the roof. Yeah. And it actually worked out well. One, it looks older, so it looks like an older building on the property, which is good. But it also made the roof a lot easier to to manage. Uh, you can do an overhanging gable on an angled um, build, but it looks really chunky unless you're building it massive. Yeah. And this barn is only seven blocks wide, so it did. Uh, my my only regret on the on the barn build is that it is just not really big enough, or I, I it's not big enough to do on an angle. I sh if I was to do it again, I probably would have built it square just to kind of have it look a little bit nicer. But uh, challenge was accepted and I think I did okay. But I'm really happy with the way that things are coming together with um, the space. Now that I've got like little livable details, there's a wood pile outside the kitchen. There is um, a work area on the side where there's the big chimney. So there's like a bench with like a cutting, um, a stone color cutter and a grindstone and an anvil and... Uh, I've got uh, a lot of the pathing and stuff is done, some textures and stuff happening. Uh, it's been difficult not to do the paths and have them look like polka dots, but I'm really happy with the way things are are coming together. And I cannot say how much fun and how useful it has been to use Zero's minimap and world map um, fabric mod for this. Yeah, I I disabled 
everything about it that shows you where treasures and mobs and like everything is. And the only thing it does is just give you an up-to-date, color-accurate and height-accurate um, map of the world. And so to draw lines of walls and figure out, does this angled build look right without having to constantly fly around with rockets? I feel like it's one, saving me a lot of time. And it's, it's and as an artist, as a 2D artist, it, it helps me considerably. I also feel like it's better content in terms of like, you're just not constantly zipping around with your rockets on stream, trying to get a look at something while people are doing the same thing. I can just stop what I'm doing, pop up the map and show people what's happening. And it's been super, super valuable. I really appreciate it. Are you are you not now tempted to build like kind of crop circles and write patterns and 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 words in the <laughs> uh, in the farmland? Because I'm looking at a picture of this from a minimap perspective, and it it obviously looks sort of similar to a, a Minecraft map in in all, but I think some of the color palette being slightly different. But it uh, yeah, it it would immediately be something where I would want to do like an alien landing site kind of crop circle or something like yeah. that, something f well, from out of signs or whatever. I've got plans for more complicated cities and I think it's going to be fun to do like a circular city that maybe has like a wagon wheel sort of yeah, look to it yeah, or yeah. something that feels like these ancient people, whatever they happen to be, especially if you get into more fantastic, like fantastical stuff like elves or things in fantasy where they are perceived to have either a higher culture or a very different culture than humans, you know, uh, less familiar and being able to do something like that. Like maybe if I made like a fairy city in the woods, it'd be really neat if the fairy, if it had like all these Celtic patterns to it or something yeah like you could yeah. do some really really fun stuff that is going to just inform your building and keep that kind of like minecraft block pardon the pun um of being stuck and not knowing what to do next if you're like well i'm planning this like celtic not city design i kind of have to stick to it you know and so then you have to like you know where your roads are going to go like that kind of stuff would be really really cool um, the other thing that I find really nice about it is that it really shows you how much texturing affects things like the roof. Yeah. Um, when, when the roof was all solid acacia block, yes, I built with acacia, uh, it, it really stood out and I, it took a long time to texture the roof, but it worked out fairly well, uh, compared to the, um, original piece that I wanted to, um, use for inspiration. So, yeah, it, the the overhead map really does help, especially the elevation, being able to see by slightly lighter grass blocks, you know, where the hills are and things. It's it's really, really useful. Yeah, I think the Acacia Reef, I'm looking at pictures of it in Discord right now, looks fantastic. I think that it, it, Thanks, works, it works really well for the color palette of the area. And I think it's the Acacia is toned down by the amount of other more natural sort of brown looking woods that you've got in there. And yeah. the coarse jungle dirt path being everywhere. You can believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it, it comes together pretty well as a as a combination. From you, sir, I will take that as a very high compliment. <laughs> and yes. So what have you been up to in Minecraft? I have, <laughs> in the survival guide world, I have not been surviving, but intentionally so. <laughs> um, I'm, I I made a, a video because I'm, I'm cataloging all of these different aspects of Minecraft for this museum project, and my brain started to think about stuff that you can't really catalog all that easily in an exhibit that you'd find in a museum, and stuff that museums probably wouldn't put on record, but stuff that I still thought was notable about Minecraft. And the main thing was death messages, because it, it's a concept I've had knocking around for a while, but I wasn't certain how to present it. There are so many different ways to die in Minecraft and some often quite comedic death messages that show up when you do. Uh, so I died about 60 different ways for an episode of the Minecraft Survival Guide, which I uh, subtitled the Minecraft Death Guide because it really was. And a lot of them are the same. You know, you get slain by a zombie the same way you get slain by an Enderman or slain by anything else that does melee attacks. But... 
then if you get killed by something using ranged attacks, you get shot by it instead. So I counted that as different, and I didn't want to go into all of the different permutations of you were shot by this while running from that, and so on and so forth, because that was just going to get a little bit too, like, granular. But what I really wanted to, to get to and to show off was the ones that you don't see very often, and the ones that have particularly funny aspects to them. For example, did you know that if you are running away from something that's just recently attacked you and you die on a magma block, it will say, player name here, walked into the danger zone while trying to escape from something like that that's no a, i didn't know that that's a really unique death message and one i don't think i've ever seen because i'm careful around magma blocks and i don't normally die all that often but the danger zone aspect of that is totally different from the death message you get from just standing on a magma block and taking damage without anything attacking you first so sometimes those yield really interesting and quite funny results that not everyone's going to have seen the same with say like the kinetic energy death message from flying into a cliff we've probably all done that at this point but then there are a few others that are just like hilariously funny so i, I decided to try and get all of those for an episode of the survival guide which meant that my otherwise fairly good record of having only died about 20 times for a two and a half year world uh is now up to like over 80 <laughs> because i just <laughs> i just wanted to do them all for this episode of survival guide and it was pretty fun i'm not gonna lie it was it was one of the more fun things i've done and yeah it baffles are those customizable are those things that you can change you can like, change with, like a resource pack you can change them with a resource pack yes and some of them you can actually change quite individually based on what's happening um the thing that was interesting to me that's probably interesting to nobody else but i'll tell you anyway just in case is that when i the the, the death message i'm used to when you die in a, like a lava a lava pool somewhere is tried to swim in lava right it's joel duggan tried to swim in lava but mm -hmm. then i use the uk english resource pack because of a live stream i did a while ago where people were donating to charity for me to like change my uh my interface language for a few minutes and I changed it back to UK English after that because I thought that was going to be my default, but I was defaulting to US English the rest of the time. So some stuff shows up different, like um, cooked fish is baked cod in the UK English um, and swam in lava instead of tried to swim in lava is how it says that death message in the UK English resource pack. And so hmm. I thought that it was just a different set of circumstances or that the Minecraft wiki had wrong information somehow. Turns out that was just my resource pack getting it slightly differently, which is... Uh, uh, I believe potatoes are jacket potatoes too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're jacket potatoes. Uh, packed ice is also compressed ice. Uh, so anytime I get some packed ice in an, an episode, everyone's immediately confused and thinks I've got a fourth secret type of ice that I'm concealing from the rest of the world. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite funny seeing the the minute and subtle differences that there are throughout Minecraft when you're you're playing with a slightly different English language pack. It's a it's a good thing that leather. Because it's leather leggings, isn't it? They don't call them pants in Minecraft, do they? Yeah, I think it is leggings. Yeah, yeah. And it, because if it was pants, we'd know that that would change in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, I, if it was, it'd be trousers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. pair of leather trow. And I think the um the shovel turns up as a spade. I think it's a diamond spade in right. the uh, the English texture pack. But I think that's that's mostly it. Um, the other thing I've been doing this week is something we talked about briefly in the render distance and something that we plan on talking about later in this episode is that I started 
a snapshot survival world with the intention of finding out how difficult it is to acquire bundles in the early game and I'm also going to use it to test other things like finding amethyst geodes which we did this weekend and maybe go into uh, building with and aging copper in survival and just kind of test how viable some of that stuff is right now how quickly you can expect to find those features in a new survival world with of course the proviso that some of that is going to change um in the upcoming you know changes to terrain generation and stuff like that like i'm trying to find amethyst geodes with the current uh the cave generation that we've all been used to from the last few updates which is probably going to be very different by the time the caves and cliffs update comes out but i thought it'd be interesting for now to take a look at how often you just stumble upon an amethyst geode and how easy it is to find a bundle when rabbits are somewhat scarce in the world so i'll mm. report more on these findings later but i've been having a lot of fun doing it how we've changed our tune i believe that i've mentioned uh, the thought of doing that last week and you wanted to wait until they actually had terrain generation in the snapshots before starting up a world are you just going to accept the uh, inevitable chunk borders and stuff like that when it happens? I started this world in hardcore mode because I assumed it wasn't going to last very long and I right. I wanted it to feel disposable um, right. and, and also my chat had been asking me to play hardcore Minecraft and I'd tried, been trying to convince them that I wouldn't play it any differently to how I normally played survival Minecraft which is to sleep all the time and mostly avoid danger but um, mm. yeah I, I, <laughs> I think it's, um, it's kind of an interesting experiment right now and yeah I, I sort of went these features are intriguing me enough that I want to get in there and find out. So, yeah, yeah I, I think especially stuff with, like, powder snow and mountain generation and stuff, I'm going to have to wait for that. But then I think there's going to be enough going on with the new cave generation, presumably if we see, um, you know, beta versions of lush caves and dripstone caves happening around the same time, I'm going to be more focused on those at that point. So I think I, yeah. I got a little impatient, but I wanted to see what it was like to find a geode in the meantime. I, I do want to do the same thing, although I don't think I'm going to go hardcore because uh, knowing the way that I've been bouncing around in my three-year-old, you know, um, medie uh, world with now a medieval build in it, uh, nothing would kill me except for jumping off of a roof. Like, <laughs> right, I would yeah. just, I would think I had a lightra. I would jump down 10 blocks and go double space tap to glide to a nice even splat. And that would be it. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, totally. Well, it, it, it becomes, goes last three hours. It becomes muscle memory in these older worlds. We're so used to it, I think. That, yeah. yeah, it's... It's it's like the instinct to immediately clear your inventory with a command because you've been playing in a creative world for a while and you just want all these items out of your inventory and then you realize oh wait I'm in my my two year survival world and I've just cleared all of my diamond and netherite stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about my my findings about bundles a little bit later because it ties in really well to an email that we got from uh, from somebody this week. But before we do that, we do have another snapshot change log for you guys. So let's take a look in the news. Uh, this is Java Edition Snapshot 20W46A, full changelog as usual on Minecraft.net, and as if in answer to last week's email about how frequently we're going to get snapshots, we have another snapshot this week, which is very exciting. Uh, for today's snapshot, it reads, we've changed most of the textures introduced in the previous snapshot. This is simply to test if these textures give a better experience in exploring and building. We're interested to hear what you think. Keep in mind that some textures might be reverted again or changed again in the future. Um, 
So the main feature of this one, though, is Powder Snow, uh, which we've already seen in the Bedrock Edition Minecraft beta, but it is worth uh, noting now it's come to Java that a couple of things are different. First of all, Powder Snow is a trap block that causes any entity that walks into it to sink in it. You can pick up and place Powder Snow with a bucket. Wearing leather boots will prevent you from sinking into Powder Snow blocks, and if you leave a cauldron outside in falling snow, it will fill with Powder Snow and then can be put into buckets and distributed from there. Uh, standing in powder snow will slowly freeze an entity. This is a new freezing effect that's been added. Once frozen, freeze damage is done every few seconds to the frozen entity. Each piece of leather armor worn by the player, or presumably any mobs that can wear leather armor, causes an entity to freeze more slowly, and wearing a full set of leather armor prevents freezing entirely. Freezing also changes the appearance of your HUD hearts, your health meter, into some kind of frozen blue hearts which looks pretty cool. Uh, some other changes in 20W46A include the range in which a lightning rod attracts lightning has been doubled. Copper blocks are now crafted from four copper ingots, which was previously nine. Sky color now varies smoothly when moving between different biomes. Buttons that change value like difficulty can now be controlled using the mouse wheel. Clicking on a button that changes value while holding shift changes it back to the previous value. Uh, debug world types can now be accessed while holding the alt key which was previously shift and the aforementioned texture changes so there are texture changes for cut copper the lightning rod calcite amethyst block budding amethyst tinted glass the candle item icons the item icons for copper ingots amethyst shards and bundles have also been changed uh, last but not least we have a few technical changes they've removed the replace item command and added just an item command uh, which adds item modifiers which reuse loot table function syntax to describe item modifications. Uh, various other technical changes are in the changelog including changes to loot tables and data packs. Further details in that link at minecraft.net. There are also various bug fixes. The one standout of those to me was a bug that has prevented endermen from getting mad at endermites spawned using spawn eggs or the summon command this will come up for anybody who's tried to build an enderman farm in creative to test it out before they built it in survival and wondered why the endermen aren't getting aggro at the endermite that you've spawned in using a spawn egg previously you just had to spam enderpearls even if you're in creative mode to get one to show up that they were actually going to get mad at but now that's been fixed as of this snapshot the powder snow was the first thing that I messed with because I was streaming on Wednesday and when the snapshot came out, we popped into it at the last, you know, half an hour or so. Uh -huh. um, I had already had a bunch of other blocks laid out, so I had a hard time spotting a lot of the texture changes, but powder snow being the new thing, I was messing around with it quite a bit. Uh, and I like everything about it except for the fact that you stick to the bottom like a honey block. Yeah. And yeah. I felt like because if oh sorry i you stick to the bottom if it's got a solid block underneath it if it's got nothing underneath it you go through yeah you fall through um, yeah yeah but but if it's on just because i just did one layer and i jumped on top of it and i sank in and then i couldn't get out like you just you just like jumping on a honey block you basically stick to it and i thought one that's the same as a honey block and not that you know not that different or useful it also didn't feel good like it did if you got stuck like that as a player like i don't know how because instantly you want to jump out of something you know whether it's lava or water or whatever you fell in like you kind of want to hit space to get up yeah and when that doesn't function it doesn't feel good mm -hmm. and so um my thought for that would be like i should be able to climb out or swim up 
out of the block, albeit very slowly. Like kind of like you know how you you come out of lava a lot slower than you come out of water. Yeah, I feel like snow powdered snow should be even slower. Uh, because you do have a full 15 seconds before the frost damage starts to um, uh, kill you. Yeah. And uh, I thought that the frost damage UI, where the frosty crystals like on your car window come around the edge of your UI, uh, your POV, and the slow zoom in, like all that stuff was a really nice touch. So yeah. if you are in the snow and you're taking the, some damage, they really thought about how to make that feel claustrophobic. And, and I think they did a good job without... Um, going to what previously they've done, which has resulted in some problems to the point where they've actually added a toggle for it, which is the dizzying effect, like going through nether portals or getting poisoned. Yeah. Um, and I think that the slow zoom is much better than um, than the, the, the wobble, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I really like the vignette that comes up when you're 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 in powdered snow for long enough like you said the kind of uh frost on the the corners mm. of the glass on a cold day um i i feel like the the main problem with having a way for you to climb out i think maybe it'd be easier if you could climb out if you had a solid block to one side of it in the same way that you can climb a ladder but i feel like the problem with holding jump to climb out of powdered snow is that if you just hold jump while you're on the surface you avoid falling through it entirely and that's uh, just going to lead yeah. to players avoiding the traps more easily and and this is being implemented with it being in, intended to be a trap block so i think it's yeah um that's true it, it, it's probably just a case of making sure the controls sort of line up with the intended functionality for it um mobs apparently avoid it in this snapshot uh which i don't think they did in the bedrock beta so right now it's only a trap for players um, but I, I think it, it will eventually, aside from goats, because I think goats are supposed to in, intentionally, instinctively avoid it, um, I think it's going to be quite a neat way of trapping mobs eventually as well. To me, I feel like the weirdest thing, and, and, and this is maybe again something that just means I need to spend a bit more time with it, but it feels really weird placing a full block in the world using a bucket. Uh, a block that isn't liquid and immediately like flows around, right? Yeah, d yeah. I thought that was a strange thing too. And I guess to reinforce the trap block nature of it, you're not going to be able to carry around tons of this stuff to build with. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because the buckets don't stack, uh, and I guess to the to to that effect, the snow, the powdered snow texture is only ever so slightly different than regular snow. Yeah. Uh, and you can still put a snow layer on top of it. Uh, but because of its, like, it's so close to it, one, it's meant to camouflage it so that you do fall into the trap. Um, and two, there's no point in really using it to kind of like decorate with different kinds of snow because it's really not going to look any different once you get more than a foot or two away from it. So um, it's, I just think it's strange uh, that they're limiting its use by both both the buckets and its collection the way that you collect it is really odd too i was expecting to go into mountains see it in the mountains and be able to just use a silk touch shovel to pick it up yeah and i expect you'll still be able to find it in mountain biomes it's going to be part of the generation but outside of that it's also going to be quite hard to farm especially on servers where people will typically sleep to skip the night and that means that there is no real easy way to get hold of like weather changes and you're right. only really going to find snow happening while it's raining so i think it's going to be interesting to see where the balance lies there and how easy it's going to be to farm and how frequently people are going to want to farm it compared to you know how exactly people are going to have that interact with their life on on multiplayer servers 
Um, let's take a look at the new textures next, though, because I feel like that is, to us at least, you know, being both builders, probably the mm -hmm. most significant change here. Um, with the exception, I suppose, of copper being slightly cheaper to make blocks out of now. Um, having played a bit in survival, it's still a fair amount of effort to get hold of enough copper to make blocks. So I do sort of hope that in future we get a way to farm it more ways than just going mining. But again, this is a caving update. We're meant to be going caving for it. I'll, I'll kind of, I'll argue that it's worth it going to find copper, especially when copper isn't used for all that much other stuff right now in the same way that iron is. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the texture changes go, um, I'm surprised calcite changed and not tough for a start. I I kind of felt yeah. like we were we were tough on tough last week, um, and and calcite was the one that I think we were both happier with. But if anything, I really like the new calcite texture. It feels more quartz than quartz to me. It's got that kind of crystalline structure still part of it, but it feels a lot softer now in a way that yeah makes a lot of sense to me. What do you what do you feel about the calcite change? I I pretty sure that I've got it on record of me going, ooh, I like that change. Like uh -huh. immediately when I logged into my snapshot world, because I didn't I didn't create a new one. I just updated the old one that I had yeah. placed a bunch of blocks in in creative, and I had placed a fair bit of calcite. It's still I think I lined it up with some other blocks, and it's it works uh, a little bit better, but uh, not as smoothly as one would expect. I think the issue is less the I like the texture. I think that the angle of it is going to be hard to. Um, to deal with. I kind of wonder what it would look like if the the flow, the direction of the texture was more vertical as yeah. opposed to like the 30 degree angle that they've got it on. Yeah. Um, because I think that whether you, no matter how well you blend it into whatever other blocks you're using, unless you're using a hard line there, like, you know, up against an oak log or something, uh, you're going to see that edge of the block. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if the reason that Tough wasn't updated is, uh, I'm wondering if they're struggling with it. Like, I'm wondering if that texture is, provide, is proving challenging I imagine it would be because I I mean I'm quick to say mm, tough wasn't my favorite but do I have a solution for that no I don't <laughs> you know like yeah um I I don't imagine it's it's easy when you're trying to balance something that's between cobblestone and something else and and all that kind of stuff um I thought the amethyst blocks I think I think I like them better in terms of they don't have the same sort of grid-like look to them they when you put a bunch of them together they sort of looked like they had little balls or little bumps mm -hmm. um in in the cross sections where they would meet um similar to how glazed terracotta will create a pattern when you put four of them together the right way yeah and and i it does that less now but then i also feel like it went way high contrast and so it feels more like retro minecraft than like a modern block it, fe it feels sense. quite sharp to me now and yeah, yeah. That's, that's the high contrast at work there it, i think it feels a little bit more crystalline but if anything, I sort of preferred the older Amethyst texture because it might have been a little bit easier to disguise and felt slightly closer to the other sort of jewel blocks that we have right now, like stuff like emerald blocks, for example. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, f I feel like it was maybe a little closer to those. And the texture in a geode, you know, naturally is already kind of provided for me by all of the crystal buds and clusters that are everywhere so i feel like the regular amethyst texture could go back to what it was and i'd be perfectly fine with it i think it would be I, yeah a bit smoother that way i didn't have a problem with it before really yeah um, I, I out of curiosity how do you make an amethyst block is it nine shards it's four it's a two by two four. of uh, shards yeah so opportunity there i would love to see an amethyst block akin to redstone lapis gold 
emerald, you know, with a nine by nine, with a three by three, like a full nine shard. Like a smooth amethyst block or something. Yeah, like a polished stone block, like a gem, like that, because we don't have one in purple, right? No, we don't. Yeah, that's that's right. like that would be really cool. Missing from the current spectrum for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, that would that would be fun. <laughs> I, I like the idea now actually of having them all like lined up like a rainbow and 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 amethyst definitely kind of fits that bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, outside of that, we got a few changes to like item textures. I think are the most significant ones. I feel like candle icons being a notable change. And look they, great. Yeah, yeah, and and they look great. And this to me feels like also a a prompt to the player because the old candle icon just had one candle. Whereas this one yes. has two, and now it kind of prompts the player that you can place more than one of these in a group, right? And it's interesting to me that one of the outliers here is um, they are most similar, I think, to sea pickles in terms of the formation that you can place them. But the sea pickle icon is just a flat sort of texture of what the side of a sea pickle looks like, right? It's kind of like one of the... It's like you're looking at a glass pane. It's very kind of flat and one-dimensional. Yep. So I wonder if maybe there's still room for them to update some of the older item icons with more of this style, because it feels a little bit more like a kind of, um, you know, pixel art RPG kind of style that they're applying to some of these newer items. Um, the bundles yeah. are the other example of that, right? Yeah, I would say it feels more like a modern pixel art game, not a retro pixel art game. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the candles and the bundles. We'll get into the bundles later, but yeah, like I, I think that's that's the thing. It they have the capability of making them look a lot nicer, and I think uh, easier on the eyes. You know, it, it it helps them pop off the inventory a little bit more. You know, um, especially now that people are using uh, different kinds of inventory backgrounds, like darker UI, that kind of thing, um, from like texture packs. Like I think that having um, the way that they did the candles, I notice it immediately. Although I, I think the shards are different too. Like the amethyst shards are also a little bit different. I know copper ingots got to change in the inventory as well. Um, I They looked good. I don't know if the other one looked bad. I think maybe the new one is just a little bit shinier perhaps. Yeah. Um, I did notice the changes in one of the copper things. I couldn't really tell on the blocks. I didn't spend a lot of time. I, I confess I only spent about 20 minutes in the snapshot because I was mostly exploring the new stuff as opposed to the old stuff Yeah. Uh, in terms of functions. But the lightning rods are exactly the opposite of what I thought they needed to be last week. I thought, woof, those are bright. We should tone those down. And they turned them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they uh -huh. are brighter <laughs> and, and less less copper looking so i yeah i i feel like there needs to be maybe more of a balance there and and i'd like to see them you know toned down i mean i know people can end up making their own textures and and so sometimes these discussions end up being kind of like a stalemate but i i feel like the copper stuff should be less shiny because having built so much with acacia recently uh, I threw in some acacia next to copper, and for the polished copper, like the bright blocks and the 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 grid, like the um the what cut copper, yeah, um, they are nearly the same color as acacia. Like it's it's uh, the they're different only in the 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 texture is different, but the color, the hue is nearly the same. Yeah, and I feel like they should maybe make it um more muted, uh, and and less shiny. Um. But again, like that's just a, it could be just a, um, Minecraft being too literal currently with copper in terms of what copper looks like in the real world. And maybe they need to just, you know, put on their quote unquote Minecraft hat and maybe 
change it a little bit to be something yeah, unique. Maybe. And and it's still obviously very early days for the snapshot, so I expect we'll see yeah. these things change a few more times. Constructive when, feedback. Yes, as feedback comes in. Speaking of feedback, uh we've had a fair amount of it from you folks listening to the last few episodes and there's some really, really interesting emails coming up about all of the snapshot features and some stuff uh that that people have have thought you know people's imaginations have been lit on fire by some of these new things and actually getting to to use them uh if you'd like to email the show the email address is sportandchunkmail at gmail.com so please send your emails to that address if you uh, want them to be considered for reading on the show first email is from defradu Brush copper with honey. Hello, Joel and Pix, long time listener here. I've been thinking about your conversation about copper and how you should be able to right click copper with honeycombs to wax them. Well, I had a bit of a eureka moment. What if you could use the brush they are adding with archaeology to brush the copper blocks with honeycombs? I think this would be a very good way to be able to wax the copper blocks without actually having to mine your entire roof. I think it would also be add an interesting mechanic instead of just magically clicking on blocks with your bare hands. And plus, it adds a new feature to a feature uh, of the update uh, that was a bit overlooked. I would love to hear your thoughts on this happy chunking from croatia first off croatia awesome hi that's very very cool i (laughs) I love hearing when people are from faraway lands um i think there are two sides here uh do you want to chime in or should i just lay it out go for it go for it you you had a look at this email before i did so i think you've got some thoughts prepared i think the brush makes sense for both the reasons that you mentioned uh but it presents two problems uh first off if i'm doing a lot of copper building i now have to have two valuable inventory slots taken up by the honeycomb and the brush Mm -hmm. (laughs) which which i may have to like constantly look up how to make uh similar to having to bring a hoe and a pair of shears around when you don't really want to depending on what you're doing um but i think that from a like a immersion point of view it makes sense like that's a really cool game mechanic it's it's utilizing something they're adding into the game for something else um so from a gameplay mechanic i prefer the honeycomb in the hand it's i to me i would just kind of like roll my eyes and go okay minecraft i guess this is how we do it yeah i just find it a little bit of uh, part of me finds it amusing <clears throat> the idea of walking around with a honeycomb and just like hitting things with it and magically changing how they work in the world um but you know, like the brush for immersion, I think goes a long way. Yeah. I think they won't do it because it would open up the door to what I really want is that I also want to use the paintbrush to paint wood in Minecraft. Mojang, get yeah. on it, please. Because <laughs> um, if I'm going to have to carry it to paint copper with wax, boy, howdy, do I want to be able to paint, you know, wood any color I want. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't think they'll go down that road for the pure, like, landslide that they would open up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of uh of painting stuff yeah i'm i'm kind of in the same boat much as i like you i like the idea of using the brush for more stuff and i think uh Ulraf, the developer who's working on archaeology and has kind of championed that as a feature is quite keen on the brush having a much broader use than just for archaeological digs so i expect there will be other uses for the brush that will apply to a a broader range of gameplay here i'm not certain this is the right implementation for it because like you said it just kind of adds this unnecessary middleman as far as what we're used to with current minecraft mechanics and i think just right clicking on stuff rather than having like you're right clicking on stuff with the correct tool and also having something else as like a a satellite resource in your inventory that's being used up as you go doesn't quite make the right sort of sense it, it it's sort of like you know 
if you don't use an infinity bow running out of arrows in your inventory but you're not seeing that happen because the arrows aren't in your offhand or on your hotbar at the time so it kind of comes as a surprise when you run out of that stuff and that's kind of a little bit inconvenient sometimes i think the same would be true if you had this ever depleting honey block or, or honeycomb resource in your inventory and every 64 blocks you'd have to stop and get more more or less yeah um for, yeah. for me i'm i'm expecting it wouldn't be too much of a problem with inventory because as you're waxing some of these blocks it's probably going to be the case that the blocks have just been there for a while you're done with the build already and you're just coming through with the brush and freezing them in a specific state um That's but true. but i think um yeah I'm, I'm not entirely certain that having the middleman of the brush here is going to be the best decision for you know waxing copper without picking it up and crafting with it again um but i do really like the idea of using the brush for more stuff and i'm really hoping that we'll start to see a few more ideas like this coming to the forefront that are gonna give more life to the brush for people who don't feel like archaeology is their thing uh ginger lily in our chat is giving us two demerit points for no wax on wax off jokes <laughs> yes unfortunately <laughs> yes we are missed we are. opportunity exactly we need to uh <laughs> consult the karate kid for that one um moving on let's let's uh get another email in here which touched on another aspect of 117 this one comes in from mentat who is a landscape artist member of our discord the subject being candles and graphical bundles uh this is also something that was uh was brought up in a a, a kind of subsequent snapshot changelog was the bundle gui has actually changed again um so so we'll, we'll dive into this uh mentat says i like the graphical representation of bundles because my add makes it difficult for me to translate text from the screen into something my brain can understand sometimes where the graphical representation is an instant translation uh, i use shulker tooltips for this very reason i'm also looking forward to candles a lot because i built a 50 block tall 40 by 90 three level maze completely out of red nether brick and blackstone i've lit up everything above and below ground in a 200 block radius so the maze is the only place where mobs can spawn i fought really hard with getting enough lights that players can see without removing spawnable spaces and candles are the perfect solution for me. I've been using soul torches and lanterns, but I had to use so many of them that I sort of lost the visual effect I was looking for inside the maze. Aesthetically and functionally, candles work great. Enki, the world shaper. The world outside may be infinite, but it's mine to shape. Another sign-off. There we go. Very good. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for, for, the, uh, for the email there, Enki. I think the, the candle thing is great. Having more adjustable light sources more limited light sources like this is great and i think candles are a great solution for people who didn't want the sort of immersion breaking side of things where you you had to put things like sea pickles everywhere if you wanted lower light levels i think it, it makes a lot of sense to have candles and this maze sounds fantastic i should say so i think it's uh yeah it's going to be really interesting to see people build more with limited light when we have candles yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, especially for someone diving into a medieval realm right now, candles are going to be fantastic for mood lighting and just above ground control for that kind of stuff without having to worry about like a campfire. Or if you don't want a blue fire or a blue lantern, we now have this like the a much more color controlled, uh, both in its, its natural looking light as far as Minecraft vanilla goes, um, but then it's also you can have them in any color you want. If it's a spooky castle, you have black candles. You know, if it's yeah. if it's a more of a light colored 
um, you know, maybe an elven, you know, build, you could have like blue candles or something like there's, there's lots of options there, which is nice. Um, I, I, I'm curious with candles, whether we're going to be have options to put them on top of things where they'll look a little bit better. Cause sometimes when you want to put them on top of a fence post four candles look odd. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, something to sit on. It know? was, it was a funny point about you, um, saying that the lightning rod looked really good as a candle holder it looks good as one candle holder but that's not going to provide yeah. a high light level and then if you add four on top of it they're all just sort of balancing on the very edge of the texture or sometimes off it completely which yeah. is I a bit unfortunate who looked okay like you might not notice it if you don't look too closely with two but yeah once you get up into four it's not a it, it doesn't really work that mm -hmm. way you'd have to kind of have uh well again see it doesn't work because you can't do you can't do like trap doors as tables with anything underneath them because they take up the whole block. So yeah. like it becomes, it becomes a little bit trickier though. Um, one of the things I did mention a little bit more in our render distance, which I wanted to get into now, what can a modern style builder do with candles for lighting options? Like if you were building a modern city, I'm not putting candles everywhere unless you want like a birthday cake or like you specifically want like a candelabra in the middle of a, of a table. Or like ca candle, uh, candles around a bathtub kind of thing. Like there are, that sort there of are situations in modern life where we still use candles, but they're not going to be out on the streets for, <laughs> for people wandering no. past, you know? No, but I think it makes for a really interesting idea for people that do want to do custom texture packs because of the way that candles work because of the the different instances of the block you get two you get like four different versions of a candle so you could do four different models of a lamp right if yeah. you wanted you could have like you know desk lamp like living room lamp maybe stand like a full floor lamp size and it just depends on and the you know how you want to do it and the bigger the lamp the more light it would put out so it might work very similar to how a candle would work. I really want to experiment with this because candles would be something that I can't see us using a lot of in my modern city build. And I would like to maybe not use end rods and carpets for modern lamps. Like it just, it'd be nice to actually have a couple of things that might look a little bit more, um, more pleasing. Now you can't put candles horizontally. However, you can make them float. So it does, like, again, it opens up for some options. Like maybe you turn a single candle into a light bulb yeah. right that you could then hang from a chain like there's a couple of different things that could be very very fun with with candles for people that want to get into texture packs because i really find i'm always very curious about blocks like this that have multiple block states mm -hmm. because it just it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities for for things like that when you want to have some custom even adventure maps you know people that are doing you know unique experiences that kind of thing yeah, you, you could easily make like a really stylish looking lamp block model, almost like one of those Art Nouveau, like Tiffany lamp kind of situations. And then the more candles you add to it, the model itself doesn't change, but the brightness just goes up. And, you know, you could have four models as the same thing, but then you could just as easily have it be maybe if you wanted a, a more modern kind of take on it, like computer monitors, for example, where it could be like different orientations of monitors and each different candle that you add makes the monitor slightly bigger and then it produces like a brighter glow from it because you know yeah. goodness knows that my monitors light up this room when i don't have any of the other lights on <laughs> um so i think that's that's an interesting point um going back to the bundles thing and again more on bundles in this week's like main conversation but um the 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 whole inventory gui has now changed so that it looks 
sort of like a, a microcosm of your player inventory now right it, it adds yeah. an inventory slot every time the item sprites are the same it's no longer a text-based thing it is a bordered set of you know inventory slots more or less which you can't interact with right now at least but it does at least allow you to see stuff in a um a style that is visually consistent and i think that's the most important thing right now is that it the, the text thing worked okay for me but like shulker boxes it's difficult to see exactly what you've got there and as this email says it's it's kind of difficult for some people to process whereas i think seeing you know i've got nine rotten flesh in here and six sea pickles and five pieces of string it's a lot easier to understand that as shorthand because we already work with that system i agree and i think it's a good point to bring out how or and to point out how <clears throat> excuse me visual comprehension challenges um are solved with this problem but then also gives you know players an opportunity to um you know to to parse it easier you know people that don't have to worry about those kind of challenges and stuff yeah uh, speaking of uh those that um have some visual uh, or vision impairment uh we requested last week if anybody out there had something to say about this to write in and we got one uh daniel uh sorry danielle um i believe um, um response to visual impairment questions regarding bundles uh hello guys love the show i always listen to uh to it while working on my survival server i wanted to answer your question regarding bundles and visual impairment I am legally blind, so for me, pictures of blocks is always better than a list of text. The different colors and shapes of the blocks make it easier to distinguish than the text, which all looks the same to me. However, my colorblind um, friend would say differently. For him, a wall of text is best because it can be challenging to uh, differentiate between blocks that have similar hues. Unfortunately, I think the problem of visual impairment in gaming is largely unsolvable due to the varied nature of these disabilities. The problem and solutions often overlap between the different disabilities. All this being said, they could simply have an option in the accessibility settings to choose between text or graphics for shulkers and bundles. Thanks for your time. Love the show. I agree. I think an options tab for this sort of thing would be a great solution for vision-related disabilities uh, and as well as giving players just a preference, you know, if you prefer one over the other for whatever reason, you know, whether it's um, Mentat from our, you know, from our Discord or whether it's um, Daniel, it's all like having options is better, you know, and I think that um, the visual thing is probably the better way to go for, for default, but giving players the option to go to a wall of text should they choose would be a good option too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely in favor of more settings. And I think it's it's a difficult balance for the developers to strike because I expect they don't want these settings to get too granular. But when it comes to accessibility stuff, that's always worth listening to, in my opinion. So yeah, it it will it will be interesting to see what they decide to do with it. Ultimately I think the um the the visual interface they have right now works for a lot of people but if it works for everybody if it doesn't work for everybody what the you know i guess like the cost benefit side of that is much as i don't want to reduce it to that kind of problem um i think ultimately it comes down to how much effort it's worth putting in and how many people are really going to be affected by by certain issues i think a toggle should be easy enough considering that they've already had both versions present in the game so they've obviously tried both versions 
I think it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to do something like that for bundles at the very least because they're a newer feature and I'd like to see it done for shulker boxes as well but at least in this case players have the option of using a data pack like shulker box tooltips which already exists and has a similar function so I feel like if the developers don't necessarily come up with the solution then some people from the community probably will and that's where i think the community can really start to share resources when it comes to accessibility stuff so either way i think you're going to be catered for whether it's by the developers themselves or by some well-meaning folks in the community who are going to try their hardest to make it accessible for you uh we're going to have one more email discussion but it's going to be in the rendered distance from uh landscape artist member Kokorodaki. Uh, I always get that name wrong. Uh the potential of Dungeons and Dragons in Minecraft. So stay tuned for that if you're a patron for the post show chat. Uh for now though, uh, you have uh, the uh, a bundle of a topic to uh, kick us off with this week. I I certainly do. Yes. And and thankfully we got an email related to this as well which comes in from Crystal Keeper 5. Uh, regarding the bundle recipe usage it says dear johnny and joel i recently loaded up a temporary snapshot survival world to get a feel of the new features and how they may affect core survival gameplay that is something we have in common uh one of the first things i tried doing was making a bundle it took about an hour and a half to find rabbits i'm all in favor of bringing new life into old features by revitalizing their use in survival but do you think rabbit hide is the right call considering its rarity or do you think that mojang could make rabbits more common I would love to hear your thoughts from within the pixels crystal keeper five so like i said earlier um we we've been doing a little bit of research over on my twitch channel i started a new world uh in survival myself on thursday's stream with the aim of gearing up and basically immediately heading out to find bundles and like our our correspondent here i had a single bundle within about 90 minutes and that 90 minutes includes you know going mining for iron getting a shield getting a little bit of early game armor and tools and that kind of stuff and uh i went through a tiger looking for rabbits eventually ended up at a desert which is where i scored most of the rabbit hide i needed within the first two hours of the stream i think i had enough rabbit hide for four bundles so once you get to a desert or a snow plains it's not that difficult to get hold of them it's just making a beeline for those biomes may not quite fit with everybody's play style is what i feel like so far um if you're playing the way I play, which is to get a bed immediately, aim to sleep through the nights, and so forth, it's actually just as difficult to acquire string, which is the other <laughs> the other ingredient in a bundle right now. You need six rabbit hide and two string, and you have to get lucky with spider encounters in caves if you don't want to let them spawn on the surface and ruin your night. So, uh, yeah, I actually found that I had all of the rabbit hide I needed before I'd encountered any spiders that had dropped string, uh, which was pretty funny. Um... But yeah, I kind of, I'm on the fence about the rarity of rabbits and rabbit hide because I don't know if I want rabbits spawning absolutely everywhere because it's kind of nice that they're limited to certain biomes, but I think most people aren't going to want to go out of their way to find rabbit hide to get bundles unless they are convinced about the bundles use first. And that's the main stumbling block, I think, right now, is that not everybody is convinced by bundles as a feature, so people aren't going out and trying it, <laughs> is, the, is the main problem. Um, I, I have a feeling that they could maybe tweak the recipe so it requires less rabbit hide or have rabbits drop hide more frequently, but I think right now a lot of people see farming rabbit hide as a tedious activity, and they're avoiding bundles because of that, and they're not justifying going out and making bundles for themselves 
because they already think that rabbit hide is going to be difficult to find so it's kind of a catch-22 going on here um yeah how do you feel about bundles as as somebody who i think you've tinkered around with them in creative but i don't think you've quite done what i have and started a snapshot world in survival yet right no not yet that's on my to-do list though um i feel like to to echo your point about the recipe one of the other things they could do is maybe have it be a combo recipe maybe three rabbit hide three leather and string yeah you know like have it be part of the recipe something that you probably already have by the time you find a rabbit because you've probably killed a cow you know uh that sort of thing um so yeah i think that it does need to be more accessible considering what it does yeah uh if it was more powerful i would say maybe rabbit hide is you know a good kind of gateway for it uh, i don't think it really solves a lot of ui storage problems or inventory storage problems i should use the right term mm-hmm. um I think it helps clean up your inventory quite quickly. Uh, I think you still have to figure out what to do with all that stuff later. Like when yeah. you get back to your chests and you want to empty the bundle, you still need, if you've got 16 different kinds of things in that bundle, all adding up to 64 items, then you need 16 slots in whatever chest you're dumping it into to get it all out. Yeah, uh, I, I, ha- and- I have thoughts about this that I will get into a little later. Yeah, and I... I think in order to make it more useful, then it, I mean, this is probably something that's not going to happen with the core of how the game is coded, I would imagine. But Mm -hmm. I I would think that if they held more than 64 items per per bundle, it would be better. Um, But then that presents a UI problem. Like you don't want 128 separate items, you know, showing up on the screen. That's a problem. Uh, What if they stacked to 96 or 128 i say 96 first because i don't think 128 would fit in the ui box like i don't think we can have three digits i think it's only two um because of the just it would just get too confusing and you wouldn't be able to see the 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 graphic of the bundle um so that's another idea um i know this is something you brought up previously uh and i I don't want to steal your thunder but how how bundles are interacted with after they leave your inventory i think could also be a big yeah big thing uh if, if that's where you're going i'll let you go yeah. in that direction um the only other thing that i can think of that would be improvements in terms of if they're going to stay the way that they are like they're not going to be more useful than just clean up inventory uh i don't know if i like the black background in the ui it feels odd uh i'm surprised it doesn't match the gray inventory ui which may be the plan eventually um but i think it would be even better as someone that does use the shulker box tooltip very readily the tooltip on the shulker box background uh, matches the color that you've dyed the shulker box. Right, yeah. And yeah. I think it would just make sense to have a brown tint to when you're looking inside the bundle. Yeah. You like, know? If, it, if it's not even going to be like a, a graphical representation of the bundle in that sense, it's at least like thematically tying it in a little more, right? Yeah. It's brown, you know, and it'll stand out for people that are, you know, have vision impairment. Like it'll stand out against the gray, you know, so like your your two boxes don't bleed into one another, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's a, a an interesting note, and certainly, you know, there is room for more visual refinements to take place before they're finalized. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which direction they go. Um, so, I, I made a massive Twitter thread, basically sharing some of my findings from the stream. So, I'll, I'll kind of go through some of that uh, point by point here. Um, so, farming rabbit hide is much easier in a desert or a snow plains than it is anywhere else. Um, and I, I tried desert; I didn't 
get as far as the snow plains but it comes down to how many other passive mobs are spawning in the area and in deserts that is nothing else you don't really get any other you don't get cows and sheep and stuff spawning in deserts at all you just get rabbits um and i think snow plains are kind of similar although you might find other animals wandering out from other surrounding biomes i'm pretty sure you get arctic foxes here and there as well um so you're probably going to want to go to uh, a desert or a snow plains they will spawn in taiga and flower forests but so will literally everything else uh, so you're probably not going to find too many rabbits there i found maybe two rabbits in a taiga biome and the the annoying thing right now is that adult rabbits only spawn one at a time and they can spawn with one or two baby rabbits but the baby rabbits won't give you rabbit hide until they grow up so in that case, you either have to decide to breed them, in which case you probably want to put them in a hole in the ground so they don't go anywhere, or you just wait for them to grow up and then kill them. Maybe you circle back around to where they were, but then they could have moved very easily at that point. So it gets a little bit difficult just having to kill rabbits one at a time, whereas with a herd of cows, there's usually maybe like three or four that pack spawn together, and you can get leather from all of them. So I don't know if that maybe could be do could do with being changed or if there's just a chance for them to spawn with a litter of smaller ones instead of you know just one adult rabbit um rabbit's movement is difficult to keep up with but you can counter that by holding a carrot or a dandelion in your offhand on java edition at least i don't think you can really do that oh, in right. bedrock um but if you hold a dandelion they will hop up to you just normally and just sit there which is great because then you can kill them, <laughs> which seems like quite a quite a brutal thing to do. It sort of feels like every rabbit kill is a betrayal at that point, but um, it makes the process of farming rabbit hide that much easier once you are at the sort of rabbit spawning ground, you know, once you're in the desert or the snow plains. As long as you've got a dandelion on you, you can farm rabbit hide relatively easily. Um, and so that's the, the main tip I have is go to a desert, get dandelions, and then walk around with a sword in one hand and a dandelion in the other, and you'll be fine. Um, so I killed 71 rabbits over the course of the stream. I got 30 rabbit hide from that. Um, the first few, it felt like, oh gosh, we're not going to get any because they just didn't drop any rabbit hide. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what the percentage is. It isn't listed on the Minecraft wiki, but I'd say it's about a 30% chance of getting rabbit hide. And 30 rabbit hide was enough for five bundles. And I think five is more than enough. Because after a certain point, they start to suffer from diminishing returns, where now the bundles are cluttering your inventory and not the items that the bundles are meant to be resolving. I really feel like two or three is probably the optimal number that you want. In the end, I ended up with one for miscellaneous stuff I'd picked up, because this was early game Minecraft still, so it was like the three sugarcane that I wanted to take back in case I want to start a sugarcane farm somewhere. Occasional right. mob drops like bones and string later and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I had one that was food and uh, obviously early game food before you establish like a cow farm or whatever is going to be typically a variety of whatever you can grab and just like bundling all of that into one bag so that you don't have seven different types of food in your inventory in early game works really well. So that is mm. one of the things that I would highly recommend using bundles for. Uh, once you've got hold of them you're also going to have a lot of cooked rabbit meat <laughs> if you've been uh wandering around slaughtering rabbits to get the rabbit hides so yeah that wasn't too bad for me um and i feel like maybe they could have rabbits drop hide more frequently um or tweak the recipe so it needs less rabbit hide but ultimately once you've got a few of these you don't need like the army of them that you have of shulker boxes for example you you really don't need them um 
it's really for tidying up early game clutter um and it feels very good to just be able to right click your way through the inventory and clean stuff up and i think the the problem right now is that players are seeing them as mojang's attempt to solve the inventory problem and i'm using giant air quotes around that because there are not there is not one inventory problem that's going to be solved by a magic bullet there are so many tweaks that people would like to inventory and these are certainly not meant to be early game shulker boxes and the problem is that shulker boxes are the only type of portable inventory upgrade we have had in recent updates to minecraft so it's the only point of comparison people can use but bundles are not that and i think the problem right now is we're still trying to compare them to shulker boxes they don't do the same thing they are pocket organizers they are not magical bags of holding so I think my previous comparison makes the most sense. They are basically, they're not meant to be like a bigger junk drawer. They are meant to be organizers for your junk drawer. They are little dividers so you can put all of the batteries in one place and all of the miscellaneous bits of plastic and screws in another place. And then you don't have to go rifling through the entire thing. The problem then becomes, as you've already pointed out, you have to empty that entire junk drawer into a chest in order to... No, not even into a chest, into your own inventory before you can then put it into a chest. And I think this is the problem with bundles right now is that they are... Like, your inventory always has to be used as the middleman. You can right. you can have a bundle in a chest, you can use a bundle on items within any inventory, be it chest, shulker box, whatever... But then when you empty the bundle again, all of the stuff ends up in your inventory. And I think that's one of my my major like wish lists for bundle improvements in future is that they should unpack into the container they're being stored in. Because the way you unpack a bundle is it's in an inventory already and then you right click on it and it empties into the player's inventory even if that bundle is currently in a chest. I feel like it should unpack into the chest if it's stored there already I, and, and i don't think there is currently a way of um you know holding the bundle in your hand so there's no ambiguity about which inventory it's in it is definitely in one place or the other and i think that's how you get around some of the problems people are having right now with using them which is once this thing gets full to empty it back out again to get the one item i need out of it i have to then completely flood my inventory with junk i think a great way of handling stuff like this is you know the way people have a bunch of slots already kind of marked out in a chest for this is a row of like single pieces of rotten flesh so that when you shift click rotten flesh from your inventory it lines up exactly with the the stacks that you've already kind of earmarked for it yeah that's precisely how i play exactly 100 that's yeah. that's what i think bundles should do is that if you put it in a chest and then you right click on it it just stacks all of the stuff that you had in the bundle into the the places that are already marked out for it in a chest and if there isn't one already it just adds new stacks to that chest but i think if you're going say mining with it and you've got you know 16 iron ore maybe 32 copper a little bit of gold a little bit of redstone you go back to your valuables chest with that bundle you put the bundle in you right click the bundle all of that stuff gets stacked away without you having to use the middleman of your inventory to manage that i feel like that makes so much sense and that's not currently the functionality they have and so i think unpacking them into another inventory the inventory that they're currently being stored in just makes a whole lot more sense to me yeah no i i, I would say that would get that would solve a very frustrating 
problem of like you want to take this bundle full of junk back to your home base and dump it quickly and not spend five ten minutes <laughs> sorting it all out yeah and changing all of your current you know because if you've got a, a a chest full of or a inventory full of blocks you're currently building with that you don't want to put away but you then have to put them away in order to get the stuff out of the bundle that just seems tedious it, it's, yeah. it's it's like a website that has four clicks when you need one you know what i mean like that's mm -hmm. the kind of uh ui frustration i think i would feel there um I, I would like to see, uh, as as Fixit is pointing out in our in our live chat, um, better hopper interaction. Yeah, yeah. Not just plopping the the bundle into the hopper and have it go straight through into a chest. It would be nice if they could be unloaded. It would be slow. If yeah. there's 64 items in there, then it's going to take the same amount of time as 64 hoppers. I guess 65 items with the um, bundle included. Yes. Um, going through the hopper. Um, something that I was thinking about that I don't know because I have not tried is uh if you put a bundle in a hopper can you then vary the signal strength of that hopper from that would be read by a comparator by having the bundle full of stuff so i'm wondering if bundles for redstone people are going to add a different kind of item filter yeah i mean that that could that could be kind of interesting because <laughs> you've you've got the the potential for adding items within items at that point it, it, make, it makes yeah. it quite interesting and and bundles themselves once you have a full bundle it becomes effectively a non-stackable item right so right. yeah there, there is there is some variance there and i'm not certain quite how quite how that's going to work for hoppers but again it, it depends how how bundles end up interacting with hoppers if they do it's one or the other yeah like you if it's if the if the bundle is going to be empty well i guess it depends if it's in a hopper but i guess a filter system would have to have two hoppers stacked on top of one another so yeah if it's going to be emptied by the hopper then that's one thing if it's not going to be emptied by a hopper then it could potentially have um it could potentially have like a uh, an interaction where it gets you know a, a different signal or something like that yeah. like I, I haven't thought about it too hard because i'm not that <laughs> technical in terms of the redstone but it, it feels like something the redstone community could have a field day with yeah what one other interesting interaction between bundles and hoppers which again requires the middleman of the player's inventory but there is a way you can do this where uh if you have a full bundle let's let's say for example you have a full bundle with like five or six different items but all different stack sizes if you fill up all of the rest of the slots of your inventory with something else say a stack of cobblestone that you've got on you and then you right click on the bundle the player throws all of the items from the bundle onto the floor in the same way that you do when you are crafting something but you don't have enough space to store the crafted stuff in your inventory again you throw the ingredients on the floor and so one way of doing that without having bundles interact with hoppers could be to have an area where you are standing above a hopper and you fill up your inventory with something else you right click on the bundle and then that throws all of the items into the hopper just by the player getting rid of them you just kind of throw them out onto the ground um so that is one way of doing that the problem then be becomes the variety of items because they won't all stack into the hopper and so everything is slowly just draining through the hopper until you know with with 64 items you probably wouldn't get to the point where they had the five minute despawn timer come into effect but you'd be worried that there was just all of this loose stuff on the ground um so again like stuff like hopper minecarts could drain those through faster and there are various solutions to that but there is a way a, a very analog feeling way that you can you can get bundles to interact with hoppers already but it just means throwing all of that stuff onto the ground um next up on my wish list for future bundle improvements is the one we've been talking about already really but color coding them um 
dyeing them would make it 100% better. You can rename them uh, in an anvil, as you can with most Minecraft items, and that helps with organization. Um, but I'm finding that once I've put a few bundles, like say I'm, I've sort of earmarked bundles in my head for like, okay, this one's going to be food, this one's going to be, um, you know, ores and stuff like that, or, or smelted ingots, this one's going to be miscellaneous mob drops, right? Once they're in your inventory and you've run around a mineshaft for a little while, I can't remember what order those are in, <laughs> and that might be yeah. down to my own inventory organization, but I really think color coding them will just allow you to do that stuff at a glance instead of having to you know eyeball what what's what's in which bag and 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 you know hover over each of the inventories to find out i feel like it's a little bit neater and a little bit easier just to have the stuff color coded plus aesthetically it's going to look nicer um, yeah so so dyeing them would probably make them 100 percent better um the the other thing the last thing that i i kind of thought about when we were um we were searching for a geode on another stream um, I really feel like advanced tooltips in Java Edition should show the amount of items that are currently in a bundle uh, over its max capacity. So, like, um, the way it currently displays durability. If you have advanced tooltips turned on in Java Edition, you can see the items, the, the tool's durability as a numeric value instead of just the progress bar of durability. And it really helps with bundles because they have such a small stack size um to know exactly how much space is left at one point i think i had 27 lapis and i was looking at a bundle and i thought okay that bar looks like well above halfway there's no way this 27 lapis is going to fit let me try it anyway i tried it anyway and it did and i thought well it would have been so easy for me to just hover over it and see it has 32 of 64 items already in here let me just add this extra 27 in because i know that's still going to fit i feel like as as minecraft players we're so used to figuring out how much of something like how like you're used to dividing stuff up into eights and 64s and stuff like that i really think it's it's easy for us to determine that stuff from numbers rather than mentally trying to add up okay i have five string seven rotten flesh three stone two sticks uh, a few glass panes you know and like that's not fast it's not very easy to do whereas if it just says 34 items out of 64 you know okay i can still fit 30 items in that yeah it becomes a lot easier to do that way and i, I actually put that on the minecraft suggestions reddit because i didn't see it really mentioned anywhere else um, but I really think it's going to help if you have a numerical value that you can look at that says, this is how many items are in this bundle already. Yeah, I do that with my my tools as well. I use the advanced tooltips because it also helps like just with people you know, on stream saying like, oh, your pickaxe is almost dead. You go, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, I, I know that feeling, Joel. <laughs> I, I know that feeling very well. Um, we're fine we're yeah, fine we're yeah. all fine we're, pro we're professionals we're used to this especially yeah. with with netherite stuff when it looks like it's got mm -hmm. like it, it looks like it's almost dead and then you look at it and it actually has 300 durability left it's like <laughs> the, the, the little bar can only take you so far at that point um yeah i will i will quickly point out that one of the problems i think with bundles right now is new players not knowing that they exist and um this, this was an interesting topic of conversation that got brought up in the stream was um, it's all very well players who are kind of in the know, people who've been looking forward to some of these features being added and have watched the videos about them or, or played around in the snapshots, knowing that bundles are out there and that you have to go and kill rabbits to find them. But the average player starting out 
is not necessarily going to be able to find rabbits immediately and if you don't get the rabbit hide right away then the recipe for a bundle is not going to pop up until you've got rabbit hide and string it's not going to tell you oh you can use those to make the bundle and by the time you explore far enough afield to get hold of rabbit hide i get the sense that most players are going to be past the point where bundles will be useful for them at least in the early game inventory management phase depends whether you feel like you'll use them for other stuff further down the line um but one of the devs uh, xylefian who's written into the show before was in my chat at the time and suggested this is not a confirmation of anything this was just like us throwing out some some ideas uh, that bundles might be included in that bonus chest that you can start a new world with so that players who are newer to the game and want a bit of assistance getting started would immediately know that they exist, right? So along with a wooden axe and a couple of sticks and some saplings and bone meal that you occasionally get in that bonus chest, if you had a bundle in there as well, then for a start, you could probably start bundling up those items right away. But also you would understand that they were part of the game and maybe seek out ways of of finding more and a few people have suggested other gateways to bundles like being able to trade them from leather workers for example as a, as a, a higher tier leather worker uh villager trade and i feel like that also takes away a little bit from the idea of hey rabbit hide is useful now because if you can just trade them instantly from leather workers then that removes that kind of that path to getting bundles but I do feel like it's, you know, potentially a compromise that might be useful in future. Um, and if you consider that armorers can also trade you diamond stuff without you having to really go and mine for diamonds, it it kind of, you know, it, it doesn't really gate all that much off, really, if you want to get that deep into villager trading. Yeah, it, the whole bundle thing, it's, it's an interesting uh, process to watch. You know, because I mean, I think the first thing I said last week was like, I really want this to be visual, not a list of stuff. Yeah. And sure enough, this week around, not saying that it was me, but saying that that's the direction that they're heading. And it's just interesting now that I've been playing Minecraft long enough to mess around with a couple of mods and starting to see now some of the very similar features from mods showing up in vanilla Minecraft in development. And I... I, I'm looking forward to the amount of feedback that they can get from bundles, from players like you doing snapshots and putting feedback in and, and other folks out there, because I think that it hopefully opens up the the gates to do some inventory things in a very Minecraft way. Yeah. Like, I don't want a one-button solution either. As much as I kind of like, quote-unquote, you know, complain about the inventory on the show, I, I don't want... um box that i put stuff in that sends things back to my storage system yeah 100 miles away like that i don't want that um that was fun and modded but i don't want to do it all the time um but the, it just kind of opens up to your you know your, your brain to like what kind of other solutions are there going to be uh are they going to do things like color code them will they color code the whole bundle will it just be the tie that's a different color like things like that that are like the like the sub changes to bundles but then is there going to be something else added to the inventory that helps with bundles? Uh, you know, is there going to be different kinds of um, chests, perhaps, like different kinds of storage receptacles that we might not know are coming to to help out with the inventory, um, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of different problems still. Bundles, like I said, are not a magic bullet for all of our inventory woes, but I would hope that 
Mojang finds a more inventive solution to it than just adding another row to the player's inventory, just giving us more space to fill up with random junk or, mm. you know, like having, you know, v- various other things that are analogous to features we have already. And I think that's the main problem with bundles right now is everyone's looking at them and thinking, ah, oh, an early game shulker box. And they're like, no, pocket storage. Like this is this is a, a trapper keeper. This is just like a lunchbox that you throw a couple of things in. It's not like, you know, magical inventory storage expansion. And so I think there are there are many different ways to incorporate these into existing gameplay. Uh, it's just about knowing they exist and, and having certain expectations for it. But I think Mojang are going to find, like you said, more Minecrafty ways of solving the other problems with inventory, and that hopefully this is kind of only the beginning. Um, that's probably where we're going to wrap it up for today's episode of the Spawn Chunks. Though you can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff that we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and the Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, consider putting some value back in. You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level gets you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat, gets you listening to the Render Distance, which we've already mentioned a couple of times, and gets us closer to our next milestone goals, which are currently having a monthly Minecraft audio hangout with our listeners, hanging out in Discord, just shooting the breeze about what we're doing in Minecraft lately. We're currently at 213 patrons, which is down a bit from last week, but there's always room for more. And special thanks go out to our content engineers. We have two very special new folks to welcome to the content engineer list. So we have General Pattern 82, Greener Canuck, Hunter 555, JD Williamson, Jumbo Sale, and Yitz. Thank you all for your support on this episode. As we mentioned, you can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. And sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. Three, you can find us at the Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. But a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with friends. Just poke a friend in the arm from a safe distance and say, hey, you should listen to the Spawn Chunks and let them know where to go. Where is that? You can find the Spawn Chunks on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Hopefully Amazon Music as well. And the RSS feed is linked on thespawnchunks.com for you manual listeners out there. Don't forget, on the Patreon page, you can listen to the RSS feed there and get both the Render Distance and the Spawn Chunks into separate downloads. That's at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixorifs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where we do behind-the-scenes work for The Survival Guide, and also occasionally investigate the snapshots. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? All the things online for me are at joelduggan.com. You can listen to The Citadel Cafe at thecitadelcafe.com, my podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. Last week, we talked about The Mandalorian. And you can follow me on social media at joelduggan and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I am building farmhouses and planting potatoes. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Bundle up.